financial. Now the season of travel is quickly coming upon us, although we see many skiers, hunters, and snow seekers. During the winter months, the spring and summer seasons are the busiest seasons for tourism. Joining me to talk about the tourism industry, projects, and upcoming events in our area, I am joined by the Executive Director of Sheridan County Travel and Tourism, Sean Parker. Good morning, Sean, and welcome to the show. Morning, Floyd. Thanks a lot for having me on. Now, uh, before we talk about the events headed our way, I wanted to get to know you a little bit better. Okay, sure. Uh, uh, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Canada, in uh, in Toronto, um, and uh, grew up there, spent spent my you know childhood and, and such just north of the big city in canada that's crazy you're canadian i am i did not know that how cool go. is that what brought you here met a girl met a pretty girl oh uh, there you go it. i was uh, overseas she was um in uh, in a bar in seoul south korea um spent a year trying to convince her to let me take her on a date and she finally did and then didn't talk to me for another year <laughs> kept working on it and uh anyway Found out that she was from out this way and uh, came back to visit here. That was in 2010, and it's been uh, pretty hard to get rid of me ever since. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Persistence pays off. That's it. Right? <laughs> that's fantastic. Right. What a great story, Sean. That's fantastic. You are an accomplished writer. You're a journalist. Sure. You're a Thanks. photographer. Uh, you've you've run the gambit. Um, now, what what started that flame? What ignited that? Ooh, great question. I um, wanted to be a sports journalist for the longest time. I played uh, played sports growing up, played football in college, um, got hurt when I was in my, I think, my third year in college. So I quit, uh, quit the football team, wanted to stay involved. So I started working for the local paper covering um, football and, and uh, hockey and a few other things and, and just kind of really enjoyed it. I'd always been into writing, you know, doing some short story stuff here and there and never really paid too much attention to it. But Started working for the paper, took a screenwriting class when I was in college, got really lucky that uh, the professor I had was really engaged, knew some people in, in the film industry, both in Canada and out in California. Um, so I took a few trips to L.A., made some industry contacts out there, sold a few little things, and uh, got off to the races. But it wasn't until I moved to Korea to really push my journalism career that I picked up photography. So I started doing photography in about 2007, 2008, um, because I wanted to make more money. So all the stories that I was writing had to have a photography element to them from the from a travel side. It just made sense. So I said, well, I don't want this uh, magazine to pay a photographer to go with me. I want to do it myself and get both paychecks. So it actually worked out better. I never got two full paychecks. I got about one and a half. <laughs> yeah. Saved, uh, yeah. Saved all the magazines and papers that I worked for a bit of money. And uh, from there, you know, 10 years as a travel journalist and, and writer, did maybe 500 stories in my career across 80 different countries and uh, – um, wrote and photographed every single piece myself. That's fantastic. So you you are well traveled. I've been around the block a couple times. Yeah. Now, uh, if we were to look at uh, now Sheridan aside, of course, sure. <laughs> what's your favorite place to visit? That's a really tough question. You know, of course, Sheridan's my favorite place or country or destination or whatever. But probably Papua New Guinea. I think that's the most engrossing trip I've ever been on. Um, spent quite a bit of time there. Right before I, I took this job, actually, um, in the summertime of 2015, loved every second of it. Did a, did scuba diving for a week off this island that had no power other than the generator that filled our, our scuba tanks with air. Um, so that was phenomenal. Um, did a, a few nights um, just on a boat along the Karawari River, in, uh, meeting tribes that had only met uh, the outside world in the last 15 years. So wow, pretty engrossing wow. stuff. So Papua New Guinea is very, very high on the list. It's a, a place I loved. I'd love to go back. Just because of the, the remote feeling of it? Yeah. I mean, you. It's. I think there's very few ultra remote places left in the world in terms of, you know, you can always go get lost in the wilderness somewhere, but remote that also have a, a, a culture that's largely untouched or unchanged from from the way it was hundreds of years ago. So Papua New Guinea is one of the last frontiers that way, and it was a pretty remarkable place. Now, do you think that being as well-traveled and, and seeing the, the different cultures that you have has really enlightened you uh, to some of the travelers that we have that come through here? Sure. You know, I think I like to... Um, I like to believe that I understand what folks are looking for when they're traveling. You know, it's yeah. my job to uh, tell stories about what attracted people to places or what could help um, 
attract somebody somewhere. If I, if I was hired to write a, a story on, hey, how do we become a destination or how do we help manage um, how busy we are? You know, that was a part of my, my work when I did uh, programs for geographic um, outlets as well. So, yeah, I think I have a, a good insight on what people want because I'm not from here. You know, I, I choose to live here. I love this place. I think it's the greatest place in the country and probably in the world. So I kind of have a, a good sense of what makes us tick and, and why other folks should come and uh, see what we have to offer. How did you make that transition from sports writing into into travel writing? Did you, did you just get bored one day and you were like, you know what, I want to hit the road? Yeah, uh, honestly, it was just a, hey, let's do something different. You know, I had a, a cousin who lived in South Korea, and, and he loved it, and he said, you got to come over here and try this out. So um, – I did. I made the decision to go, and, and I started pitching um, outlets. I just went, honestly, I just went into a bookstore, looked on the, the racks, and said, hey, that looks like a cool magazine. You know you, you know the big ones, you know, like uh, National Geographic and all that stuff, which are out of reach for a beginning journalist. But right. I said, hey, there's some of these smaller ones. Maybe they'll pay me to do some stuff. So I just started cold calling everybody and, and refining my pitches. And my goal was to be freelancer. I never wanted to be on staff because I wanted to, to travel on my own terms. So I would basically – pick a spot in the globe, say, hey, I want to go to Malaysia to Island Hop for two weeks or three weeks, and I want to see if there's a story there, and I'll take lots of photos. And if there is, I'll pitch it, and uh, it'll be a lot more interesting than covering college hockey. Well, I'll tell you, we uh, uh, we know about your patience and your tenacity when you set your mind to something, for sure. Sure. So if, if someone out there is listening, uh, maybe it's a college student in photography class, journalism, and they want to freelance, they want to travel and see the world. It's huge with millennials now. What would you say that they really need to focus on right now? Craft, I would say. You know, be a good listener. Uh, understand that stories are, are multi-layered. Um, put yourself in it. You know, don't just be a, an observer, uh, but to understand something, you kind of have to experience it and live it. So you really have to engross yourself in in anything that you're going to go do. You know, when I would be told to go write a travel story about scuba diving, well, I didn't sit on the beach and observe people scuba diving. I went and did the, did the scuba diving. Um, and that extends to any activity or endeavor um, that you're going to cover. So, you know, just work on the craft, become a part of the stories that you're covering uh, and be objective. What's your favorite recreational activity that you got to take part in? That's a good question. You know, I did this crazy story one time where we were photographing bears all across uh, Alaska, and I think taking pictures from a helicopter of bears has got to be pretty high up on the list. And How did, cool uh, is that? Part of that trip, we did some paddle boarding in a, in a glacier in uh, Kenai Fjords National Park, and that was pretty spectacular. So there's, there's a lot. There's been some cool things. You know, I've been very, very fortunate, uh, but I was always the first guy who said, yeah, I'll do that. You know, if there, if there was something crazy or something wild um, and I got a pitch for it, I said, yeah, I'm in. You know, no no second guesses. I'll just do it. Just dive in. Go just for it. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. So uh, it, now we know a little bit more about you. Sure. <laughs> uh, an adventurous spirit. What is the mission of Sheridan County and Tourism? Sure. I don't have the, you know, the official card in front of me, but it's our mission to expand the travel and tourism industry here that's in a way that's consistent with our community's um uh, goals and uh, and mindset in a way that uh, possibly affects the economy. You know, we don't want tourists for, to come into the community for tourism's sake. You know, I think that's a, a misnomer when you talk about a travel and tourism agency. Our job is to get people to come in here, um, enjoy it, have a great time, spend money locally to keep our economy thriving. You know, this is the second largest um, piece of our economy here in Wyoming, growing every year. Uh, it's what one of the elements that really helped drive us through the pandemic and kept us moving along at a, a phenomenal clip. You look at our economy locally, and we were largely insulated from a lot of the really devastating impacts of the pandemic that happened in a lot of places. Um, you know, part of that's given our remote nature and, and small right. population size. But it's our mission to just make sure that this industry positively affects the people of this community. When it came to the pandemic... A lot of challenges. Uh, um, a lot of businesses uh, suffered through that. What was your game plan once you knew, wow, this is going to be a lot worse than we thought? Sure. Well, we started even before we, we knew how bad it was going to get. You know, back I'm, I still think back to March of two years ago. Flatten the curve, two weeks, shut it down, and we'll be back to work. And it's uh, That of, was the rumor. That was the rumor, right? <laughs> we're still working on flattening that curve. But 
uh, I'm proud of my team and how we responded and from a board level down. Uh, I went to the board and I said, hey, we don't know if we're going to exist as an organization uh, through this summer. You know, we don't know what travel is going to look like. When everything was slammed shut in the spring and you're looking forward to a good tourism season, you don't know what that's going to look like. So we said, let's take what we've got in our reserve and we'll put that into a program. And what that program is going to be, it started out with the Why We Stand campaign. And I don't know if you remember, but within 10 days of things being closed, we had put together our first video series and story series working with local businesses, telling people, hey, we're still going to be here. And we still are here. People are closed, but they're still doing um, pickup meal delivery. People are still doing curbside service. People are building out their websites. And we got that message out really quickly. That turned into – that was so successfully – uh, received, not just here in the community, but it, you know, it told local business that we're here to support you and we're going to help. Um, and we worked with the county and the city and the chamber and DSA and everybody to get that messaging out. That turned into the backyard. There was a program, you know, where we've got we've got this amazing community, but we can't tell people to come and shop indoors, but we can still tell them to come and stay in the hotels because the hotels were still open. So we could tell them to come, order online. Go do curbside service. Get your food from your restaurant. It's going to look a little different than it was before because you're going to eat at your hotel or eat outside or whatever. But now go and enjoy all these things in the community that are um, specific to outdoor recreation or the outdoors. And that was so successful because it brought people out here in good numbers. It kept them pumping money into the local economy to help local businesses. And it showed people a side of the community that maybe they've never seen. So we weathered the pandemic a lot better than some of our neighbors. Uh, and, you know, it's not that it was just our program. Uh, that did that. But our ability to take our strengths, which is, you know, in-house creative team, writers, photographers, uh, journalists, videographers, we didn't have to wait and bring out uh, an ad agency from Milwaukee or LA or California to, to help us do these programs. We did it in-house, turned it on the day the pandemic hit, and we hit the ground running with our recovery. And it's absolutely fantastic. And we're going to talk about that program, The Backyard, cool. uh, in our next segment. Let's go back in time. When sure. you became the executive director of Sheridan County and Tourism, what were some of the challenges that you knew going in? I'm these are, I'm going to face and I'm going to conquer. Sure. Well, I didn't know a lot. You know, it's uh, it was an interesting gig. My uh, my career to that point had been all freelance. I worked for myself for a very long time. Again, I was a journalist and, and photographer, but I knew this side of the business a little bit because uh, uh, you know the executive side and the the administration side because of my contacts. You know, I had worked with tourism boards. I'd worked with 50 of them over the years, and, and I knew what they did to a certain degree. At the same time, I didn't know a lot of what Sheridan did. You know, I lived here, but I was typically leaving. So it was kind of a blank slate for me. I came in knowing that, hey, I want to help promote this community. I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do it on my terms. We're going to move away from producing brochures and, and distributing those and saying, hey, that's marketing. Well, we're going to go into things like let's get Rolls-Royce out here for a media event that shows the community that we're this spectacular destination where you can spend more than a single night. You know, um, Let's help really promote things like the rodeo, but not just as a rodeo. Let's say the, it's rodeo week because it's a cultural event that should bring people in for seven to ten days uh, to celebrate with friends and family. So we, we wanted to turn – Sheridan County Travel and Tourism into a, a full-service advertising and promotions agency versus something that just kind of paid, I don't know, lip service to what we had here. Yeah. We didn't want to just tell people that we're a nice place to stop between Yellowstone and Mount Rushmore because we're not that. We are a destination. And, uh, you know, I've told you this before, but the numbers I'm most proud of are 1.7 to 2.4. And 1.7 was the average overnight stay in 2015. That's how long somebody stayed, which really just shows you that they come, stay, and leave. Few people in the summer raise that number, but then they move on. Well, within four years, that number had gone to 2.4, which had show, shows you that, yeah, we're becoming a destination. Now, post-pandemic, our latest numbers are 3.4. People come and they stay and they spend a lot of money. So you take the average spend of 250 bucks per person times that one by 1.7, well, it's around 300 bucks. Now you take it and times 3.4. By 250, you're looking at significant economic impact by everybody that comes into this community. So those are the numbers I'm really proud of. Oh, absolutely. And every reason to be proud of those numbers. Currently, <clears throat> when, you, when you look at the upcoming situation, what is the most difficult challenge that the tourism industry is facing right now in our area? Ooh, in our area. Well, you know, there's the um, 
perception that we're too busy or getting too busy, and that can be real. It might not be perception in some cases. You know, if you go to your favorite fishing hole or you go to your favorite trailhead and it's really busy, it's it's gone beyond perception. It's become reality. So we want to be conscious of the fact that, you know, this is a community that we are proud of and that we are protective of. So we don't just want to market and promote without thoughts to how we do it. So we want to make sure that we work with our partners like the Forest Service or uh, BLM or Game and Fish to say, hey, where do you guys see the most heavily uh, uh, heavily impacted areas on the mountain? Let's make sure we're telling stories about other destinations to go to that we can move people to so that we don't have everybody going to the same spot. We don't want to be like Jackson where there's 300 cars backed up. You on can't move down that you street. Move. So we don't want to get into that situation. We want to make sure that we're promoting responsibility uh, up on the mountain all the time, that people are recreating responsibly, that they're conscientious of other people having a good time, and that everybody has space to breathe up on the mountain. So one of our biggest challenges is, of course, that um, uh, is getting busy, but growing. we want to grow right and grow on our own terms. And we, if we're going to be busy, we want to do it in a way that uh, everybody still has their own little slice of the mountain. That's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people, especially executive directors out of the uh, tourism industry, you don't hear that a lot. Where it's, how is this going to impact my locals? Sure. You know, yeah. are we going to take over Dan's favorite fishing hole? Because right. we don't want to do that. No. And, I mean, I, I live here. I, again, I choose to live here. I love this place. My wife's family's from here. I raise my kids here. We want our little slice of the mountain, too, right? We want to have a good time and not be in a, in a case where we're waiting for a parking spot somewhere or it's busy or we see people arguing or fighting. We don't want any of that. We don't necessarily have a lot of that, and I think that's because – the organizations in town do a wonderful job so far of managing growth, and we want to continue down that path. Um, so, you know, that's why we put a lot of time and energy into our Why Responsibly campaigns, our Leave No Trace campaigns. We want everybody to understand that we are going to grow the right way. We are not going to, you know, I'm not out there advertising to Buffalo Wild Wing and Target and saying, hey, come on in and just grow, 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 grow. Let's get crazy with this. No, I. I'm very protective of this community. I want to protect the, the, the mom and pop businesses on Main Street, and I want to grow with them, not over top of them. That's fantastic. All right, when we return, we're going to continue with the executive director of Sheridan County Travel and Tourism, Sean Parker. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM, Sheridan. already know H&R Block does taxes, but you may not know you can get expert help in person or virtually, or that our tax pros average 10 years of experience. You can even request the same tax pro every year, and your biggest possible refund is always guaranteed. At H&R Block, help is here. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. See hrblock.com slash guarantees. Hi, this is Barb from your family-owned H&R Block in Sheridan. Visit us today. When you think Frackletons, you think big steaks or pasta dishes or even pan-seared duck breast. But we have another option called our small plates and starters menu. Sweet potato fries or truffle fries. You might want to go a different direction with calamari or ahi tuna poke bowl. Maybe New Zealand green lip mussels. All on our small plates and starters menu. Frackletons, fine food and spirits. Where good food is good mood. Main Street, downtown Sheridan. The following message is presented by Century21BHJ.com. Spring is almost here, and your local foster grandparent program is looking for seniors age 55 and up who want to help children grow in local classrooms. Benefits include tax-free volunteer stipends, paid holidays and sick time, and lots of love and appreciation from local children. To learn more or apply, call us at 223-1051. That's 223-1051. Bonjour, this is Gaston. We invite you to the Bighorn High School production of Beauty and the Beast. April 1st through April 8th at Bighorn High School.
purchased at BighornDrama.com and at the door. Come enjoy this classic love story like you've never seen before. Starring me. Gaston, please. Act professional. Uh, we, we hope, hope to, to see, see you at, at the, the show. show. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. For those of you who don't know, we do stream this show live on our Facebook page. And this morning, I am joined by the Executive Director of Sheridan County Travel and Tourism, Sean Parker. Now, Sheridan County Travel and Tourism has a YouTube exclusive streaming series. <laughs> it is titled The Backyard. Sean, I saw 12 episodes in the lineup. Can you tell us a little bit more about this program? Uh, We've learned how it kind of developed. It started out of the pandemic, which uh, surprised me. Yeah, pandemic response program. And, you know, I'm just totally uh, caught up here. I'm watching us talk to each other on the streaming YouTube. So that's It's pretty live, is it? It's on your website. Facebook. This is cool. This is like being in uh, the Matrix right now. (laughs) Breaking the fourth wall, my friend. That's it. No, um, Backyard, it started out of the pandemic, like I mentioned, um, became a tool for us to reach, um, one, a very broad audience very quickly because we said we're going to create this free program. Um, we're going to put all these episodes out on YouTube, but then there's going to be a lot of media and promotional uh, campaign work that points to that. So we ran a lot of three-minute stations, ads, we did three minutes in some of our old channels, like we have a lot of legacy publications we've worked with for years, like something like True West, which really targets us, or Cowboys and Indians, targets a specific Western audience. Well, during the pandemic, you knew you needed to go broader because the audiences had shrunk, but there was a broader market of people in big cities that we could now suddenly go quickly capture, if that makes any sense. You know, like people were in complete lockdown in New York City or California. And they were looking to get out. Looking they? to get out. So, yeah, we might not have been able to grab as many of the people in our region, because a lot of them were, you know, cautious about traveling all of a sudden, but there was an opportunity now to make new customers and showing off our backyard, the Bighorn Mountain region was the quickest way for us to do that. So we did things like hiking to uh, a, a hole in the wall, you know, something that we'd never done. We said hole in the wall is two hours away from here, but it's a great day trip for someone. They could spend some money, pack a lunch, book their hotel room, but then head out do hole in the wall, visit our neighbors down in Buffalo, then come up and, and use Sheridan as their base camp for exploring. We did a bunch of road trip episodes because what's better and safer during a pandemic than being out on the road? So we did the, um, the scenic byways loop. We did one on Highway 14 and 14A, and then we did one on Highway 16. We did things like helping co-promote the Hemingway Society's conference that's coming here this year with a really cool episode at Spiro Wigwam featuring Hemingway's history up there. A lot of people don't know that he finished A Farewell to Arms at that spectacular location. I did not know that he finished it up there. Yeah, he worked on it at both um, the Sheridan Inn and the Last Chance Saloon out in in, um, Bighorn, which is now Ledoux Saloon, and then, uh, of course, finished it up at Spiro Wigwam at the Hemingway Cabin. Wasn't named that at the time, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the backyard, anyway, became this uh, this big video program that we promoted all over the place. So we worked with 50 different publications to get the messaging out. We had it all over our digital programs uh, in terms of reach, and uh, we just blew it up. It, it turned out to be a really great program. Now. Who came up with this great idea when everyone was sitting down at the conference table? Well, I don't think anybody was at the conference table. I think it was me at home because we were working oh, really? at home for a couple of weeks, and I said, we just need to do something different. And one of the other reasons was I was available. I'm never available during the early spring or summer because I'm at conferences and I'm traveling and I'm at trade shows, marketing, and, and working with our tour operator partners or bus, bus tours, whatever it might be. I'm, not, I'm never here. You know, back to kind of some of that now. I'm traveling again and doing right. the core elements of my job. But for 2020, I wasn't going anywhere. I was at home. I said, I can do this. You know, we can host this show. I've got a ton of experience behind the camera. I have amazing filmmakers that work in the office. I had Jeff Shaner working for me at the time, Max Brown, who's been the catalyst for a lot of great film stuff in this community. He was still there. They weren't doing anything. I couldn't send them anywhere to do anything. And I'm sitting at home working but not doing the stuff I would have traditionally done. So I said, let's get out. Let's do it, and uh, and let's do stuff that no one else is doing. You had the time. Yep. You had the resources. 
You had the know-how. Yeah. And uh, you guys just went out and did it. Yeah, we got after it. It was phenomenal. That's fantastic. And and so the development of this wasn't something that uh, it was more organic than, yeah. than anything else. Yeah, it wasn't on our radar at all. So the campaign that actually we were going to run, uh, going to run for 2020 and 21, we, we typically look at a two-year cycle for any campaign. It was going to be called Craft is King. And I can talk about that now because we're going to launch that later this year. And it's a look, a really inside look at all the craftspeople and makers in Sheridan County. So, for example, last week we were shooting uh, Judson uh, Ratliff and Kevin Willie, who are both knife makers in town. A lot of people don't know these guys, but they're making these hand-forged, beautiful pieces of of, uh, knife work right here in our community. Uh, We're going to do some stuff on Kings. Well, everybody knows about Kings, but we're also going to do stuff on maybe Tom Balding and some of the other uh, silversmiths, and we're going to do the guys at Red Bison. So that craft program was percolating, and I had been planning that for well over a year to really get after that. Well, couldn't do any of that. All that was inside. It was in, in small businesses, small shops, where I couldn't tell people to go in and visit at the time. Yeah. So we had to pivot. We had to focus on the outdoors. Well, good thing we have you know one of the best outdoors. <laughs> we have got a little bit outside. Yeah. So we, we tabled that. We kind of put a, a slight pause on our Women of Sheridan Wyoming program. That was supposed to be a two-year program. Now it's about a three-and-a-half because we couldn't film and shoot a lot of the stuff we're doing. So as we kind of end the Women of uh, Sheridan program, we've got a couple more of those that are coming out. We'll transition into the season two of The Backyard and then this new campaign, which is Craft is King. Fantastic programs. Thanks. Thank now, if you were to take all of these things and say, this is my biggest challenge, outside of the, the COVID situations, sure. <laughs> what is the biggest challenge in producing and creating something of this level? Oh, wow. That's a really tough question to answer. I, I don't know what the challenge would be for us because we are so myopic when it comes to what we want to see as a final product that I don't think we recognize too much as a challenge. That We just kind of overcome it. If somebody says, hey, we don't have a permit, well, we'll get a permit. If we don't have the, a sound guy, we'll get a sound guy. I mean, we have, we, I've never been somebody who didn't see through the end of a project. I've never quit on anything. didn't matter if it was a, a project where I was sent on assignment you know, if it rained when I was supposed to be shooting the sunset, you figured it out. I don't know. You, you yeah. figure a way around it. So I don't know. There, that's a, when it comes to campaign work and programming, we work around everything. Um, you don't stop until it's done under any circumstances because we don't have that luxury. We're not uh, – we're, we're representing the community in everything that we do. So when I send my team out to do it, I expect it to get done no matter how we have to get there. I know that's a vague answer, but that's no. Really I think reality. it's I think it's absolutely amazing. I come. Uh, I've got a military background and the mission. Yeah, the mission. There you go. Fulfill your mission. Yeah, it a, a very simple premise. Yeah. Go get it done. Yeah, pretty easy going. You know, I think most people that work for me would say that. But when it comes time to uh, getting projects done, I think people understand that you know there's a the carrot and the stick. You, you throw the carrot out there, but then you use the stick to get yourself across the finish line. That's right. Now. There will be a season two to the backyard. Absolutely. We are really, really excited about this. We kind of got, we've gone a little crazy. We did some of the filming at the end of our, our, our first year with some big episodes that we needed to refine a little bit more, but we'll have 10 episodes that debut sometime this spring, um, starting with some like, well, I don't want to give too much away, but we're going to do some winter backpacking, the likes of which people have never seen before. We're going to do um, some more hiking stuff that people haven't seen, but we're actually turning – the, the lens around. It's going to be a little less outdoorsy and more community focused on some of the events and the folks in town. So now that to, you can get it done, now right? You can get it done. And we can tell people that they, it's everything's open and everything's um, good to go. You know, we're back at a pre pandemic state here, have been obviously for a while. 2021 was fairly open. Uh, you know, there were only a couple of big events that didn't run last year. So, yeah, I don't want to spill the beans. I'd love to get back on with you when the, the show's about to debut and, and see yes, more. Yes, please. I would love it. We've got, uh, we've got some cool stuff in store. The thing about this backyard, and I'm going to tell you, folks, this isn't just for uh, those who are, are, are coming to visit Sheridan. This is for us who live here as well. Maybe, and you know, someone like me who hasn't been up here his whole life, I can... Just looking at the titles of these programs, I already see things that I haven't done yet that I want to take advantage of now that I live in this fantastic area. Uh, I'm so happy to hear you say that because that was part of the part and parcel of the experience, right? We had 32,000 people that were either working from home or not living lives normally at the time, and it was a way to show pride of place. You know, we love this place. 
we're residents here, and I'm the everyman who gets to go out and do these as the host. But it's it's I want everybody to put themselves in that position and say, hey, wow, we can go do this really awesome, fun stuff. We can go fishing Outlaw uh, Canyon, even though we've never done it before. Uh, that sounds really fun. We can go on this road trip that we've never done. Um, because, again, it's our backyard. It, it's for all of us. These are public places and spaces that we're exploring. And If we can get somebody out to experience something new, I think – you take pride in that a little bit more once you've been there and you've experienced something, and you'll work with your community on keeping that place as special as it needs to be. Absolutely. Uh, I'm always talking about staycations, and uh, uh, I, I had a honeymoon just this last summer, and we That's just awesome. explored Wyoming. I, right you know, I showed my wife uh, where I grew up. And uh, she's got a brand new appreciation for the cowboy state. And so now I think this year our staycation will be right here That's where, cool. and, and take advantage of what we have in our backyard. Now, the new program, Craft is King. Yeah. I'm really interested in this because it's going to showcase, as you said before, so many great craftsmen in our area that we may not even know are here. While you were developing this, what did you learn? That no. you didn't know, Sean? I, I learned that if you throw a dart at um, the wall, you're going to hit someone who uh, – a picture of someone who does something really unique that we might not have known of in this community. You know, I mentioned already the bladesmiths. That's a the really cool thing. There's silversmiths that work at a level well, – and an internationally known level. There's somebody like Jim Jackson out at uh, – everybody knew Jim when he was down at King's. He now works out at the Brinton with his leather shop out there. He's one of the most famous artists in the country. Just won a Governor, Governor General's Award, I think, back in 2020. Jim is world famous for his saddle craft or his leather craft in Japan, of all places. So there's a big show from Japan, Japanese artists out of the Brenton running from May through the end of the year. I think in large part because the, the Sheridan style of craftsmanship has extended beyond borders and has um, really influenced uh, craftsmen in Japan, which is wild. So, you know, learning how big our maker community is has been great you know one of the people we did for the women of sheridan wyoming was stephanie wilkerson uh, who owns archetype uh design she's a metalsmith and jewelry maker well you know stephanie's one of maybe a dozen people that i've met who work in that field locally now had no idea that that do phenomenal stuff and then they have outlets from which they can sell these things so so that's the second part of the the program is that yeah we know we have we're learning that we have all these great craftsmen but then we're finding out that they have partners um like Jackalope Ranch. You know, Pam Gable down there gives these folks a platform through which she can, they can then sell their merchandise to people. So not only does it benefit these people to make their goods and sell them online, but it's benefiting somebody like Pam who can get people in. When somebody is traveling from New York City and says, hey, I want a piece of custom jewelry made in Sheridan, where do I get it? It's right here. So, you know, finding out how connected everybody is in that maker world has been really, really exciting. Wow, yeah, because a lot of them uh, help each other out as opposed to, like, being a competition. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a great way to put it. It's not a competition for folks. You know, everybody's uh, – with, with the Internet being a tool for makers to sell their stuff without extra markup or third party, I think that takes a lot of the um, the pressure off to have to fight for space on maybe a downtown retailer's uh, display case because you can sell your stuff online but then have maybe just one or two things. So, you know, some I use Pam as an example. She might have – 20 different makers in her sh uh, featured in her store where years ago she might have had the ability to only show one or two because right. they need to have that space. The maker needs to be incentivized to sell more at that one storefront. But now they can have one or two pieces, say go to look at our website for more, and Pam can show off more people in town. And from there they can buy an item here in town, yeah. go home, and buy one for their family for Christmas and birthdays. Yep, exactly. It's a fantastic way to get things done. Yeah. And uh, I love that support that the local artists here and, and craftsmen yeah. and women have, uh, have really built around each other. Yeah, it's and, pretty cool. You know, there's, we're going to do some stuff on, on fly rods and fly tying. Well, there's Jake's Lures. There's the Fly Shop of the Bighorn. There's Joey's Fly Fishing Foundation. Those are three places in, that are making either rods or flies or both. Uh, and there's examples like that that extend into all sorts of different things that we're really excited to showcase over the next two years. Trevor's going to love that show. Yeah, I'll right. tell you exactly. that. He absolutely <laughs> loves that. All right. When we return, we're going to continue with the executive director of the Sheridan County Travel and Tourism, if I could get it out of my mouth. Sean Parker, this is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
Parker Mellinger provides business advisory services tailored for you specifically to help your business become compliant, tax-efficient, organized, and strategically aligned with your goals. Think of us as part of your team. You will rest more comfortably knowing that you are covering all of your financial bases and making informed decisions. Contact us today, Parker Mellinger. Our focus is where you're going, not where you've been. It's game time at Hammer Chevrolet on pre-owned vehicles, Troy Baker. Bob, you'll score big on a 2020 Chevy Half-Ton RST Silverado with under 20,000 miles. Priced at $57,495. Nothing but net on a 2019 Chevy Tahoe LT with 19,000 miles for $59,995. Coming off the bench is a 2014 Ford F-250 XL with 50,000 miles for $28,795. Get off the bench. Get in the game. Hammer Chevrolet, 107 East Towns are open Saturdays till 4 online at HammerChevy.com. This is Logan Bishop with the best real estate team bringing you the best tip of the week. Hey, investors and passive income wonters, you could put your money in a savings account or a CD or stocks, or you could do some local investing right here in your hometown. Spring is knocking on the door, and that means that properties are going to start hitting the market. Consider working with the best agent to find you an investment property to let grow in value, rent out, or even flip. For other helpful tips or to speak to a professional about your real estate needs, call the best team at 675-BEST or visit us at bestwi.net. Brokered by EX. It's Captain Clean here, and cleaning season is back. Let our cleaning experts freshen up your carpets and furniture. Let our HVAC experts clean your ductwork and air conditioning for maximum performance paired with clean air this season. Bring your area rugs to our shop and have our rug cleaning experts freshen them up. Cleaning season is back. Call Captain Clean, 672-0726, and let's clean. We clean more for you. Pittsburgh Paint, with over 135 years of product expertise, is now available at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. You will now find Pittsburgh Paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Pittsburgh Paint is a leader in quality and product innovation and built to perform for the job at hand. Now with two great paint brands, precise color matching, architectural and homeowner paints and coatings, plus a large inventory, it only makes sense to get your paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. Today isn't just another ordinary day. It's time for you to make a career change. And your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette would like you to join their team. Owner Larry Storo. Bob, you can earn up to $15 per hour. And even better is that you can work today and get paid tomorrow. We'll help you improve your career potential with benefits that include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. Apply in person today at your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I'm joined by the Executive Director of the Sheridan County Travel and Tourism, Sean Parker. Now, Sean, you were appointed to the Wyoming Travel, and, or excuse me, the Wyoming Tourism Board by Governor Mark Gordon in just last year. Right. Yep. Now, what is that board's mission? What do you guys uh, sit down and talk about? Sure. Well, it's just a, it's almost exactly like what we do here locally, just expanded to uh, encompass the entire state. So we're in charge of uh, authorizing or, or um, Improving and overseeing the state's tourism budget, which is substantially larger than what we have here in Sheridan. Um, and we uh, try and make sure that we are expanding economic opportunities for everybody in the state from a tourism perspective. Now, do you discuss strategy? Of course, yeah. 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 We, we have an amazing director. You know, Diane Schober is the uh, executive director of the Wyoming Office of Tourism. She's been there for, I think, 16 years. She's quite possibly and probably pretty easily the best tourism director in the entire country. Uh, she has uh, a great insight on what makes this place tick. So when we talk strategy, Diane's, you know, 10 steps ahead of us already and knows what's going to work uh, great uh, for the years going ahead. The, the state works at bi- on a biennium budget, as you know well. So Diane is the, the, the queen of looking two steps ahead. And that's sort of what we've modeled our, the way we work at it in Sheridan. You know, I mentioned how programs work on a two-year cycle. Uh, I've kind of taken that and stolen it from Diane's way. <laughs> hey, good artists create, great artists steal. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, we do we do talk strategy, but a lot of it comes from uh, Diane's insight, uh, really deep knowledge of our industry. For the listeners, 
How important is the tourism industry to the state and to Sheridan specific? Sure. Well, I'll tell you about the state, and it's a, a big round number, and it's $4 billion. And people will kind of be stunned at that and say, how, how, what does that number mean? But that's the uh, economic impact every year that the traveling public pumps into this state. So $4 billion, you think what wow. you're taking – uh, what you're receiving in sales tax revenue, in lodging tax revenue that gets turned around to use to help promote the community, in in that, in, and then far more important, actual spending impacts at local businesses, hotels, motels, restaurants, bars, RV parks. The list goes on and on and on. Um, it's it's a massive industry here locally. Um, in 2020, we were or 2019, we were about 115 million in local spending impacts in Sheridan County. Wow. Uh, yeah, big big number. And now we're up to round one. I, you know, I haven't seen the latest numbers from 2021. You know, that's what we're waiting for. But I bet you after two solid years, one solid year of recovery, one solid year of, of good impacts last year, we're in that 135 range, $135 million. Wow. Over 1,000 people directly employed in travel and tourism in our county alone. So when people say we, we don't want to get busier, we don't want to get bigger, I'm like, hey, I'm right there with you. We want manageable Steady and slow growth because that's what provides jobs for people. That's what keeps the uh, contractors and builders and all those folks that are tourism adjacent uh, busy. But there's a 1,000 people directly employed, and I'm not going to look at them in the face and say, hey, you shouldn't uh, have a job because somebody's worried about getting busy. Right, right. I mean, so it's, it's lifeblood to our community. Now, uh, we have some spring events coming up. Absolutely. This uh, this is my favorite time of the year here in our state. Uh, there are some upcoming events where we will see the best minds, the strongest bodies, and hear from some of the purest hearts. Can you tell us about the Wyoming Chess Invitational? Absolutely. This I'm excited about. I am too. We are really fortunate to have the Sheridan Chess Association um, putting on this event. It comes up here on the 30th of April. We are always... a about getting on board with cool events that are going to be in the shoulder seasons. You know, there's nothing more shoulder than April when it could be five inches of snow (laughs) or 75 degrees. We don't know. An indoor event like this that's going to attract people from all over the country. We already know that there's people coming from, I think, 10 different states for this. Oh, wow. Yeah, and all over the region. Um, I talked to uh, Brian with the Chess Association yesterday. He mentioned that there's a group coming from, uh, uh, I think, the Kyrgyzstani Republic, which is really cool, uh, if they can get their visas sorted out. Um, and then they have the, the blind chess champion from Missouri who's coming out for this event. So it's already a big deal. This is year one. It's going to be a big thing. I think it's got potential to be a massive spring event uh, moving forward because it's it's really cool. It's a, it's educational. It's foundational. It's it's really neat, and uh, we're all about this thing. We we got so excited about it. We went and bored a chess set yesterday and did like this big photo shoot in the office to do some like we got a fog machine out. We, we got <laughs> oh, cool. the, the the purple and blue lights out we, to help promote this thing. We're all in on this thing because we think it could be great. Oh yeah, and and for those uh, individuals out there who may have never even explored chess, sure, this might be an introduction for kids. This might be an introduction for the next chess genius in the area. Yeah, as uh, we get to watch our local and international yeah. chess champions, and it's just you know it's just added value to the community. It's another thing that people might not have known about. Just like you said, they might start playing. It might become something that they love to do. And it's things to do. This chess club meets, I think, I, you'd have to go on uh, SheridanChess.com uh, to check it out. But the, the group is, is growing. They have stuff all the time. It's more things to do in the winter and in the shoulder season um, for, for kids and adults. Now, one more time, when and where will this take place? And do I have to purchase tickets? Uh, so all that information on the ticket side and registration is going to be online. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I should have brought that. I'm sorry. But, no, it's okay. Um, that's going to be April 30th through May 1st. Uh, registration is available now through SheridanChess.com or just go through, you know, Google the Sheridan, uh, the Wyoming Chess Invitational. Uh, you can check out all that stuff on our website. We've got it all loaded up there. I just don't have it all right in front of me right now. Uh, but again, pretty excited about it. going to be a huge event, and uh, we cannot wait for uh, this event. Do you play? I, yeah, I used to play a little bit. I'm terrible. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was playing yesterday as we were trying to set up. I, I didn't want people to criticize, like just right, throw the, right. the, the pieces on the board. So we were moving them around, and I was trying to get everything uh, in the right spot. And I'm like, yeah, well, I would be terrible at this. So. I'm too aggressive. 
Are you? Yeah, I'm too aggressive. Yeah. Yep. I, I I go in for that heart attack, you know, right. and I've lately I've been trying to learn how to how to be a more defensive player, but yeah, I don't, I'm not a big defense guy. I'm a grip it and rip it kind of yeah. dude myself. I so just go I, for it. I appreciate yeah. you. Yep. I, let the pawns fall. I'm, I'm charging forward. Now, a true test of strength is also coming up. What is the Cloud Peak Classic? This is the second year of what is a two-part event. It's a uh, fitness expo where you have people competing on stage in, uh, like, bikini and, and fitness and um, uh, basically bodybuilding. Yeah, which is really awesome. Then there's a deadlift component as well. But this year, so last year was really successful. There's a lot of competitors. It was the first year of the event. You know, I, I was a part of it. I was really lucky that they asked me to MC this thing, which is really cool because if you look at me, I'm uh, I'm really not. I, I'm built like a garbage can. I'm not, a, <laughs> not a fitness competitor. But uh, it was super cool to to live in this world for the weekend and see all these people that came down. I think they sold out the show. You know, there's limited seating still then at the YO. So they they I think people were really struggling to get those tickets, which is cool, created a lot of demand. This year, it's a, a qualifier for the next level of fitness and bodybuilding, so there's going to be more people from the region. There's going to be people, I think, coming in from all over Wyoming and Montana and Colorado. Oh, wow. Um, really excited for Rachel Staff and her crew who are running this thing, um, but it, it's an awesome, awesome event. I was scheduled to MC again. Unfortunately, I have another commitment that's going to take me out of state, so I don't know. We're looking for someone to MC. Maybe this is something, Floyd, that you want to get involved in. <laughs> But uh, it's it's really cool. We think this, again, is another one of those things, shoulder season event, that has the potential to become really massive. And these people have such passion uh, for for health and fitness. Um, and and is it, will there be a deadlift competition? Yeah, there was a deadlift competition last year. There's going to be one again this year, and it's insane. You're seeing people go – it's a pound-for-pound pound competition. Wow. So if you weigh you know 350 pounds and you, you lift 700 – you did great, but you might weigh 130 pounds and you lift 350, even better because you know it's all pound for pound. So yeah, the prizes are awarded for. What um, an amazing feat! Which I, is really cool. Yeah, and and you know these folks, they're athletes on both sides, the the bodybuilders and then the the deadlifters. It's terrifying to go out on stage in front of hundreds of people and do something um, that. Re- requires extreme fitness. You know, I'm out there on a suit and I'm sweating my face. <laughs> right, these guys right. Wearing bikinis and short shorts, like it's it's amazing. It's really cool, and it's a lot of local people. So you're probably going to know somebody if you're from town. So get out there and support them. There's a fitness expo the night before the show down at the Best Western. So we're really excited about that as well. Um, just again, all in on these spring events that have the ability to grow because they're not weather dependent. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We don't have to uh, look outside before we head over there this That's year. It. Now, also on the way this year, I got about uh, three minutes left. Sure. The Forever West Songwriter Festival. Here's the heart of, yeah. of, of our spring. Yeah. Year two. Now, this won't be till uh, August, but I'm getting the word oh, out Oh, this there is now. August. Okay. Yeah, my apologies. It's going to no, be no, no. an August event. We moved it out of September um, just because, again, we do a lot of outdoor stuff, and we got very lucky last year, but... We don't want to mess around with late September, October too much when we're doing music outside. So this is coming back in August. I'll have more for you guys. But last year was a huge success. We sold out the Spiro uh, Wigwam um, um, show segment. Weren't as busy down in town at the the YO as we would like. I didn't quite know how to get behind the marketing for this because yeah. it's this. It, I'd never been to an experience like this. It was something new that we created. So this year is going to be bigger and better. But we have songwriters that write for the likes of George Strait, Garth Brooks, uh, guys, the, the list goes on and on. And we get these guys that write these massive hits, come out and perform their music right here in Sheridan for all of us. So very excited about that. I mean, Nashville-level talent here. Oh, yeah. These are Nashville guys. I mean, yeah. they're, they're coming in. So we're uh, we're going to have more for you here in the next few weeks as we, we roll out the campaign stuff for that. Now, Sean, is there anything else you would like folks to know uh, just right off the cuff? No, I think people are pretty sick of me talking and I ramble and I get going when I don't have notes in front of me. So I think that's it. Just stay, you know, if you got ideas and you want to be involved, shoot us a note. We always want to make sure we're, we're tuck, tuned in and tucked in on what the community's after. And uh, we're always available. Now, uh, what's on your slate this year as far as vacation? Uh, we already did ours this year. We took my boy. I have twin boys that have just turned four. I have a little daughter who's uh, 11 months old. She'll turn May or a year old on May the 4th, which is hilarious. But we, right uh, we went to Disney World with them. But I'm very excited. My whole family gets to go with me on a work trip to uh, Yellowstone. So I'm te- dragging them along. We're going to go for the Yellowstone's 150th anniversary celebration, uh, May 6th. So that, that's our next big one. And then 
we'll figure out. We're we're more in the the two or three days at a time here yep. before we burn each other out. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we've got. Sean, thank you so much for coming in today. I greatly appreciate it, my friend. It's always my pleasure, Floyd. Thanks a lot. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about 205 Wallows Creek. This beautiful four-bedroom, three-bath home on 40 acres has a spectacular view of the Bighorns. The kitchen has tile floors, granite countertops, and stainless steel appliances. Open living room has knotty pine vaulted ceilings. The master bedroom has a master bath with quartz countertops and a separate shower. Call me, Christy Kinghorn, today about 205 Wallows Creek. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school and graduate debt-free. That education helped me get to the first day of my career, a job that I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from my service helped me buy my first home. And I take pride knowing I will be the first to respond if my community ever needs me. To learn more, visit NationalGuard.com. Did you know that in Old English gambling dens, there was a guy whose only job was to swallow all the dice if the police raided the place? You know what else you don't know? How to fix or repair your 404 side-by-side. Handles to the rescue. Just one phone call and faster than snake eyes, Joe will come and get it, fix what's broke, and bring it back again. It ain't rocket surgery. Just don't try it at home. Call Joe Hando at Hando Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. It's Thursday, and we have some more new items for you on this week's Hot Buys on SheridanMedia.com. This time around, we have a $25 gift certificate to the Burger Wagon, a couple of $100 gift certificates to Frackleton's, and $100 gift certificates to Landon's Greenhouse. We have those items and a bunch more, all starting at half off of retail value. Bidding is easy. Just go to SheridanMedia.com, click on the Hot Buys banner, find the items you're looking for, and bid away. Hurry, though. Bidding ends tonight at 8 p.m. The office supply department continues to expand at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. Need office supplies? We're here to help. We're adding more in-stock items all the time. You can also go online to SheridanCommercial.com and view over 42,000 office supply items that you can have delivered to your office or to our store. We'll even deliver them. SheridanCommercial.com is an office supply mega website. The Sheridan Commercial Company office supply department inside at 303 Broadway or online at SheridanCommercial.com. Buying a service contract from Hammer Chevrolet is always beneficial, especially if you're looking to keep your vehicle for a long time, Dick Hammer. Bob, there are lots of scams out there when it comes to extended warranties for your vehicle. Come in and sit down and let's put together a well-thought-out service contract together that works for you. Give yourself peace of mind when you're on the road. Hammer Chevrolet, doing business in Sheridan since 1937. 107 East are online at HammerChevy.com. News Talk 930, now on 103.9 FM. News Talk 930.